Hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. I am so glad that you're here. This is a podcast about children and play therapy. I'm from Asheville, North Carolina, and all of these things are coming from a child-centered perspective. I literally recorded that intro like three times and was not able to figure it out. Before I get rolling, I wanted to mention that I released an episode on Patreon called something like Framing Therapy for Children, and it included a awkwardly long, maybe five minute long recording of uh, me pretending to be pulled over by the podcast police. And so because it fell in such a silly category, I put it in Patreon because if you want to listen to me make an ass of myself, then you have to give me a dollar. But let's go to the topic for today. And the topic for today is firing your therapist which is something that sometimes people need to do. Sometimes it needs to be done. And for that reason, I think it's important to talk about. I frame therapy at the beginning for parents that I see by saying that they have the authority and the discretion to fire me at any time. If they feel like something's not working, they have the discretion to fire me. And I name that also by saying that I want to know, right, if things aren't working in this therapeutic experience, if there's something that they're struggling with, if they're not seeing improvements that they were hoping that they would see, and that we could enter into a dialogue around those things. I also say that mentioning that, of course, I may have my own opinion, or I might disagree, or I might say, well, this is where they're at in the process, or, or try to protect this space. We've talked a lot about that, right? Creating that free and protected space. But I still want to be able to have that dialogue. And I want to make sure that they have the autonomy, that they feel the autonomy, that they feel the authority in themselves to be able to decide for themselves whether the experience is working or not working. And not just to take my professional, I just used air quotes, advice to stay in therapy if they feel like therapy isn't something that's serving their family. So here's a little bit of a window into what it's like to be a therapist or to be a new therapist if you're not a therapist. And something that people talk about, the therapist that I've heard talk about, is the sentiment of faking it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. And the idea behind that is that when people start off as being therapists, you get two years of training. For a lot of different... Th- if you got a therapist who's a PhD, they had a lot more training than two years. But if you have a therapist with a master's degree, which is the majority of therapists, then you're going to see someone who has two years of education. Those two years, if that person came from a counseling program, that's the program I came from, include a lot of direct practice, and, but include one semester-length class on diagnosis. Include one semester-length class on children and families. Include one semester-length class on different theories in therapy. And I name all of that to say that when therapists come out, they are expected, in many respects, to be in a place where they have wisdom on the human experience, right? If you come in as an adult, they know how to make space for whatever kind of issue is coming in. They can help give you some tools or advice for whatever it is that you're struggling with. If you're a kid therapist, then it's like, okay, then I'm coming out and I feel like I'm expected to know both all the stages of development for children, all the different ways that children can struggle, all the different ways to support them one-on-one individually in these sessions as they struggle. And then in addition to that, 
expected to know what is healthy family functioning, what is healthy parent functioning, what is healthy child-parent interaction, and then ultimately what how as a therapist, a child therapist, you're expected to know whether or not a child is developing in a appropriate and healthy manner where they are evolving as a person or if they are stuck on something and they're not developing and they're not growing. You're also expected to know what a healthy family looks like, how a healthy family communicates, what structures support a healthy family, what values parents should keep in mind as they go about parenting to help them be the best parents they can be. We're also supposed to have some kind of a sense of when a struggle is coming up in a family, if that struggle is related to the child, if that struggle is related to the parents, being able to tease those things out, and then after teasing those things out, find the solutions to ameliorate those struggles. What I'm trying to say is, and I apologize for any background noise, I have my windows open today because it's too freaking nice out to close them. But what I'm trying to say is, as a therapist, you are expected to know so many different things. So many different things. And so, a saying that therapists can have early on at their jobs, and maybe other people have this early on at their jobs too, is fake it till you make it. Seem like you belong. Seem like you should be there. Seem like you know what you're talking about. And be confident and assertive. Now, in some ways, that's great advice right? You don't want to go see a new therapist and bring some kind of issue to them. And they're like, yeah, I have no idea what to do with that or how to make space for that inside of the session. You expect your therapist to just witness it, receive it, take it and be present with it. And on some level, therapy is that simple. But I name that fake it till you make it sentiment to say that there is a danger lurking in that sentiment. And the danger is, is that some therapists think that they know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. They think that they're being helpful, but they're not actually being helpful. They think that they have the secrets unlocked for the human experience, but they don't actually have the secrets unlocked for the human experience. They just started faking it inside of a system, and they've become a cog in the machine of mental health, that they can repeat sort of the trites and tropes of mental health, but they're not actually wise as a human being, and they might not be able to speak to the experience of you as an individual adult, or of your family, or of your child. They may not be able to accurately diagnose, unless they've done a shit ton of work on themselves, what is actually going on in your family instead of projecting their own garbage onto it. And I feel no need to go through stories that I've heard from people of them going to therapists and the bad times that they've had, but they exist. I've heard stories of people going to therapists and getting terrible advice on certain things, strong suggestions about what they should do with their experience, which I'm always like, huh, that's a little funny. I didn't really think that we were supposed to do that as therapists, but okay. I've heard people go to therapists and receive diagnosis for themselves or for their child that they did not resonate with. I've heard parents be given advice from therapists that they felt like was not supportive of their family and actually made the problems worse. And I've heard these people who complained about these therapists stay with these therapists for a long period of time because at the end of the day, we trust professionals. At least here in the, you know, American society there we have, we sort of put some professionals up on a pedestal sometimes. You got a problem with your car, you're going to take it to your professional mechanic. You got a problem with uh, your emotions, you're going to go to a therapist. you got a problem with your child's emotions. You're going to go to a child therapist. And then you trust that person to lead you through a particular kind of process, a particular kind of therapeutic experience that's going to provide some healing and wholeness. And that doesn't always happen. 
And I feel like for the people who are seeing these therapists, who are having these things happen, they end up staying with that therapist longer than they needed to. They ended up not trusting their gut and deciding, you know what, instead of trusting my gut on this, instead of trusting my feelings on this, I'm going to trust this professional. And I'm making this podcast to say that not all professionals know what the heck that they're doing. Many of them don't know what they're doing, but they think they know what they're doing. And they're never going to admit to you that they don't know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. And so if you are an adult seeing a therapist, if you are a caregiver whose child's seeing a therapist, and you feel like you're not on the right track, when you close your eyes and you sink into your gut, you're like, yeah, I don't know what this person is doing. I don't really feel totally comfortable with this experience. I don't feel like this therapist knows me. I don't think they know me. I don't think they know my perspective. I don't think they know my feelings. I don't think they know my values. I don't think they know the culture of my family. I don't think they know my child and what my child is struggling with. I think they're just repeating things that they think that they should say to me. Like you you can get a sense deep in your gut of whether or not that's true. And heck, if you're someone listening to this podcast who's seeing me for therapy right now and you're like, yeah, that's my experience. (laughs) That's my experience of Andrew. Fire me. Fire me. For the love of God, fire me. Because when you don't, in that scenario, you end up handing over your power and autonomy to a professional who doesn't know what they're doing. And there are times when we all need some help. I've been to years of therapy myself. There are times when I've needed help as a human person to be my best self, to be my most assertive self, to not be carrying patterns of relating that I'm tired of into every situation based on my repressed emotional experience. I needed help to figure out how to do not do that. There are times when you as a person might need some help or your child might need some help. That's why therapists exist. That's why mental health is becoming more normalized. And it's a beautiful thing. And I just want to give everyone permission out there to fire their therapist if that feels like something they would like to do. Hey, and while we're talking about dealing with systems, let's also talk about Child Protective Services. Now we call that DSS, Department of Social Services, here in North Carolina. But I think lots of different places have their own kinds of equivalents, especially nationally. I know I mention a lot that, like, try to make some distinctions between what things are like in America and what things are like other places. Because, like, half of the people who listen to this podcast are from other countries, which I really like. It's really nice. Thank you for listening. A shout out to all you people from other places who are listening right now. But here in the state of North Carolina, you are supposed to report abuse of a child. And states have different sort of regulations on what they determine to be abuse or not abuse. Physical abuse in North Carolina is if you are, uh, you know, if you hit a child, but it's not like open handed on their bottom is a... That's actually what the <laughs> that's actually what the law says. That is the uh, legally appropriate level of violence that is that you are allowed to inflict on children. And you also got to feed them and provide them medical care and all kinds of other things. So I'm not going to give a definite opinion on like when to call, when not to call. That's something that ideally you should take to a supervisor. But I at least can talk about my own process with it or parts of my own process with it that I was not able to have the same kind of conversations with with supervisors or it would get shut down when I did have these conversations. So here's a dilemma that I have sometimes as a therapist. A situation comes up where I think that, okay, maybe this falls under the category of child abuse something is revealed by the child and it's like ah or by one of the parents it's like ah this doesn't feel too good it's not like so egregious that's like i gotta call like right now and get this child out of the home asap but it's just a thing that's like uh technically not okay 
or on the border of not being okay. And and a lot of times this relates to physical abuse because people still feel like it's okay to hit their kids. It's not, by the way, it's not. You know, violence is not the way that we are trying to have the world be oriented around. But whenever I brought these issues to a supervisor, the supervisor has then said back to me that I should definitely call DSS. Like, when in doubt, you should call social services to get these situations figured out. And they're saying that, I think... Apologies to the different supervisors I've had. Love y'all. Thank you for the support. I think they're trying to cover their ass when they say that. As a supervisor, you are liable for what your supervisee does, which means that from your perspective, it's good for them to call, and you're also another step removed from the actual family, and so that removes you of responsibility, and it also absolves me of responsibility, and they're kind of worried about responsibility. That's 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 the sense that I get a lot of times. My issue has been, whenever I've called DSS, and I I've had times when I've called where it's just like, yep, I got a call. This is really bad. I got a call. The child would be better off being removed from the situation if possible. That's happened. Those are clear cut. There's these other situations where it's less clear cut, where the advice that I personally have always been given is to call, and those have ended in disaster. Those have ended with me no longer being able to have a therapeutic relationship with that family. Those have ended with me being seen as part of this sort of larger system that's against this family. And this family then ends up being in trouble, and then they have to defend themselves, and then they're frightened that their children are going to be taken away from them or something. And I can't just get on this microphone and tell you, don't call DSS, it's a bad idea. But I also want to be able to name that when I've held the sort of shame and grief from these times where I've called where the family has seen it as an attack. What I have been told is, well, that's the thing we gotta do. We gotta call DSS. That's the thing you're supposed to do. It's out of your hands now. And there's this way it's framed where it's like, I am resolved of responsibility because I've handed this to different kinds of authorities and now it's their problem. But the thing is, if I still care about this family, which I do, it matters to me what happens in these situations. And it matters that they now see therapy as something that could get them in trouble. And I don't know how this would actually work. This is sort of in my ideal world of how things go. I kind of wish, and don't tell anybody, but I kind of wish that you could go into a therapist and it would be like a priest, right? Or it'd be like a lawyer. You could tell them whatever the heck you want. Like if I'm a person who's struggling with the thought of killing my neighbor, which I'm not, <laughs> which I'm not, I promise, I promise that I'm not. There's there's not a professional that I could go to and talk about that if I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna kill my neighbor tomorrow. They'd be like, well, I gotta call someone. I gotta protect your neighbor. It's like, cool, well, then who do I talk to? I could talk to a friend, but maybe my friend is also a snitch. Like, how would I get that off of my chest? How could I develop a new relationship to wanting to kill my neighbor in relation with somebody else? in order to have a different relationship to it, in order to have a different perspective on it, in order to flow through that place and to gain some new understanding of whatever kind of rage and anger I'm experiencing that was leading me to want to kill my neighbor in the first place. Now, if you, if I had killed my neighbor yesterday and then wanted to talk to somebody about it today, my understanding is that I could do that. <laughs> right? As a therapist, if someone comes in and says that they did something horrible to another adult, right? Children and like elderly who can't take care of themselves. It's like a different, different kind of level. But I could say that I did something horrible yesterday a crime yesterday that I did not you know have any repercussions for and that would be okay that would be a space where I would be able to do that but we don't allow people the space to talk about like where they're at right now sometimes if where they're at falls outside of a certain zone that is acceptable and I say all of that to say that I just wish that was different
that I just wish that was different in some ways. And I I think that as therapists, we can have, we can have the courage to hold that these are difficult decisions, whether or not we call, whether we or not we get other systems involved. And, you know, sometimes DSS is called and maybe it works out super well. In my experience, when it's happened, it has not gone super well. Families do not feel supported. They do not feel witnessed. It is not part of a healing journey. It ends up being punitive and they end up feeling scared and they end up feeling like the system is against them and they end up not being able to trust the system later on and then I can feel guilt being the initiator of that entire process. And I guess this podcast could be summarized under the heading of trust yourself and don't trust professionals or at least be open to the idea that the people inside of these systems don't know what they're doing, that there are therapists out there who don't know what they're doing, that just because someone has a lot of letters after their name does not in any way mean that they are any wiser about the human experience than you are. And while that doesn't mean from you know that there's not expertise that therapists can provide, doesn't mean there's not wisdom that therapists can provide. Doesn't mean, say in my case personally, that I haven't read like a lot of books about children and studied and had supervisors and seen lots and lots and lots and lots of kids and have and have a, a sense I do feel like I have a leg to stand on. Lots of therapists, most therapists have a leg to stand on in terms of talking about the emotional and cognitive experience of human beings. But, you know, also trust your gut. Don't take everything as being truth. If a therapist isn't working for you, uh, maybe uh, think twice about it. If you've got a situation with a family, it's like, gosh, they're kind of like, they've only really crossed the line yet with DSS, but they're kind of on a border, and I have a good working relationship with this family. At least give yourself some space to be like, okay, you know how this family might heal in relationship with me, in therapy, doing kid sessions, doing parent sessions, doing family sessions, providing that witnessing, providing that support providing that acceptance of where they are to help them to move something different. Like, that's where the healing's gonna come from. No healing comes from contacting DSS. That's just a move to get kids out of homes. And that's what we're doing when we call. And so, you know, I'm at least offer I'm not trying to have any kids who are in dangerous situations stay in dangerous situations where they when they should be in other situations. But there are other times where I've been encouraged to call and I wished I hadn't. And I've learned from those experiences. And I wouldn't call in those circumstances again. Because I do believe that the healing and the support, all of that stuff can come from being in relationship with the therapist and not from feeling like the system and mental health professionals are just against them. Hey, this is Andrew from two days after I recorded that podcast originally. How's it going? I almost deleted that entire podcast and decided not to delete it because it's it's raw and that's fine. But then I also feel like I have a pull to name why I would choose to delete it in the first place. And the reason that I wanted to delete it in the first place is because there are beautiful people with big hearts doing good work in a lot of these systems that, especially like child services systems, who do jobs that I don't know if I have the power, personal power and stamina to do. And I have a lot of respect for them. And I'm not trying to denigrate beautiful work that that anyone is doing in in any area. And I think I think, you know, sometimes I get into discussions with people I know about different systems because I can be on a side of like, yeah, I don't think the system is great. And they could be on a side of saying that a given system helps more people than it hurts. Like if it's helping more people than it's traumatizing and you're dealing with high acuity cases, well, then that's that's just part of the game. And I do get that. 
and hope that there's a middle ground. And hopefully that middle ground between those who are in these systems, who believe in these systems, who defend these systems, and for the people who are saying, no, we, we don't like these systems. They're traumatizing. They're not helpful. They're judgmental. They're punitive. They're blah, blah, blah. I mean, you, you, can, you could uh, apply this discussion to maybe like literally anything that we're dealing with as a society right now. But in the case of, say, Child Protective Services and DSS, and also we could talk about therapists in terms of, okay, you can go see a therapist who then recommends medication, who then, and then you're on medication and you're in therapy, and then you can start having this other therapy, and you can just sort of increasing into higher and higher levels of care without actually experiencing a lot of, a lot of healing. You just kind of keep getting passed up the ladder. I mean, I think that would be sort of maybe the therapy or at least that's a that's a growth edge that I see for us as therapists, as sort of a therapist continuing to recommend more therapy. Like ideally, if we're doing what we're doing well, we can be the healing thing. We are the last stop. Like you come to see me and you see me for therapy and that's going to be helpful. Like we're not, we don't have to keep looking at options that are sort of higher and higher intensity or adding more and more things as we go. But if we're talking about these systems in general and we say, okay, like I let's let's put it on the side of that the these systems help way more people than they traumatize. Let's say that number is even like out of 10 kids, one's traumatized and nine receive safety and help and support whether that's in any form that allows the child the the space, the environment, the relationships, the whatever necessary to to be able to live to their greatest potential i think regardless of where you you would be at with it with with any any kind of system that we place children in i think we could all agree that getting that number from 1 to 10 to 1 to 20 is ideal and then the question becomes how do you get a system to be traumatizing people less how do you get that number from 1 in 10 to 1 in 20 and an answer i would have for that is you can ask the people who were traumatized, what was traumatizing for them about the experience. And they may not want to talk to you at that point. But then you could even talk to, okay, like, what did they say to us at the time? And you can maybe start to get a sense of like, okay, these are the ways that we're traumatizing people as a system. And my feedback for a lot of these systems is that when people talk to me and tell me, that they were, say, traumatized by by DSS or traumatized by some, say, therapeutic placement that they were put in. When people tell me that they had a traumatic experience with, say, social services or something like that, I don't often hear that they felt uh, like understood by that system. That their that that their feedback to the system was addressed. It was sort of like, okay, these things are happening to me for this reason, and I disagree with it, or I found it to be intrusive in X kind of way, or Y kind of way, or I, you know, just didn't resonate with these people, or I felt they were trying to get to push me towards some kind of thing that they thought would be helpful for me that I didn't think would be helpful for me. Like they, it's a lot of not feeling listened to, and so I hope that if our goal is to be in service to the people that were that were with to the people that were treating as professionals that that we can we can have the space to listen to them and that's enough of this rant i uh i'm gonna return back to the normal podcast where i'm going to let out probably like a big like woof and uh you know return to that that intense intensity that i was feeling a couple days ago and uh yeah thanks for listening i'll do all the goodbye stuff in a second Woo-wee! I got myself worked.
up on that podcast, but you know. So it is. If you want to support the work, head to patreon.com slash playtimepodcast, where you can also get additional episodes, of which there are two right now, but there'll be more all time, and they'll be uh, a little bit sillier and probably, you know, uh, less good quality. But that's just my opinion. I'm too close to this podcast to actually know what's good and what's not. If you want to see more of my work, which really just includes the Child Center Children's Book series, of which there are four, head to barnetchildtherapy.com. Contact me if you would like to. I'd love to hear from people, and I will catch you all next time.